LSU has the top-ranked transfer portal class in this 2023 class. So who is going to be the most impactful and who can contribute right away from that class? We'll get into that with SI.com recruiting insider John Garcia Jr. Plus so much more on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we are on YouTube as well. So just search Lockdown LSU in the search bar. Hit that subscribe button and you'll get notified as soon as Lockdown LSU drops. My name is Caroline Venton and I am your host as I am every day. I've been covering LSU sports since 2016 and I'm now a radio host in Nashville, Tennessee. But let's get into it with John Garcia Jr. I appreciate him for joining us and giving us his recruiting insight. And we appreciate our official college football and college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Plus, I got to let y'all know that today's edition of Locked on LSU was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And joining Locked On LSU now, John Garcia Jr., recruiting insider for SI.com. I want to start here with LSU because that's been all the buzz about Baton Rouge. That Now LSU has the top spot, the top ranking in terms of the transfer portal. My biggest question overall is which of these guys can contribute right away for LSU? I look at this cornerback position specifically. Something that LSU, yeah, they've had to lock and load the past couple of years. What about that group specifically or the rest of this transfer portal group that can contribute right away? There's so many different defensive backs I'm excited about in this this LSU portal class. You got not only pedigree, uh, you've got great high school pedigree and college pedigree, and you got some variants in between. For instance, you've got a, a JK Johnson or a Denver Harris, young blue chip, high level recruits that you're waiting to see them put it all together. And there's a sense that it's gonna happen at LSU. And then you've got some proven commodities coming over really for the second year in a row. And man, I'm excited about Deuce Chestnut. I feel like coming from Syracuse, freshman All-American, a guy who just found the football despite not being the biggest, fastest, strongest, he's going to be your interchangeable guy. Boundary corner, nickel corner. Do you need him to come down and play in the box? Can can he jam at the line of scrimmage, play the ball in the air? Deuce Chestnut could be the do-everything guy for LSU in, in 2023. And you always need that veteran elder statesman to get the young guys right. Um, and the young guys are going to have an opportunity simultaneously. So I think that entire secondary group is fascinating. I mean, Denver Harris is just as, as intriguing a cornerback recruit as, as we've seen. And every single year it's guys like that, that from one year to the next, they go from pretty good to, Oh my goodness, how is this guy not on the field? So I think the change of scenery for Denver will be big. Obviously had a lot going on at Texas A&M good to get out of his native state uh, and still play SEC football. So I think he's got a a lot of eyeballs on on him and respectfully. So from what we saw last year and certainly in high school, 
he's as intriguing and athletic a corner at six foot one as as really you have in this great sport. So that whole secondary is going to be fascinating in my mind. And I think everyone's excited about Denver Harris. Obviously, he's one of the highest ranked players in the transfer portal, one of the highest ranked DBs as well. And I, you mentioned Deuce Chestnut and also Zy Alexander, a transfer in from southeastern Louisiana. Two guys that don't probably have the same fanfare as Denver Harris or may not be as rec- as widely recognized, seeing as though they didn't come from SEC schools. You mentioned Deuce Chestnut, Zy Alexander as well. What kind of role do you see him playing in 2023? Yeah, I, I think Chestnut is your chess piece. I mean, he's the guy that, ah. that you you move around as as much as possible. And then Alexander's just so big, right? Such a long corner listed at six foot three. Does he stay in the boundary or does he evolve and, and maybe be a guy who plays closer to the line of scrimmage? Maybe there's some safety upside there. He's kind of the wild card in my book, as you mentioned, making a bigger jump. Uh, up to the SEC than maybe some other guys on this list. But Chestnut, I could see at nickel. Uh, and then the other guys are, are so much bigger uh, and maybe even more athletic. I think they stay closer to the outside. And then Alexander, safety, maybe there's some upside in the boundary for him there as well. He's one that uh, fascinated to see how he assimilates just as much as if that goes well, how well and how he can climb uh, on that depth chart. But it's going to be competitive uh, and talented, which is exactly what you want with that combination of a lot of guys who profile well at the position, six foot one or better with great length, and then some other veterans who might not be as big, but certainly have that pedigree like your Deuce Chestnuts. And I think defensively as a whole was so important for LSU in the offseason, transfer portal and recruiting. We mentioned DBs also in the defensive line. You know, LSU losing B.J. Ojolari, Ali Gay, Jaquelin Roy, all going to the NFL draft. Those were your core guys on the defensive line. Bringing in Jalen Lee, bringing in Braden Swinson, bringing in Parishan from Arizona. Those three pieces, all kind of unknown commodities that maybe didn't get as much production as they had last year how can those three fill in a really big hole that's been left by Jaquel and Roy Alligay and BJ Ojolari on the defensive line well you see the attractiveness for, for these guys to hit the portal and look at a school like LSU that clearly has the trajectory arrow pointed up and now they're going to have their opportunity like you said huge holes to fill I think Swinson's so interesting in particular kind of by himself right he's this guy who can play off the ball he can play on the edge he can set the edge also rush the passer like we saw it in different spurts I mean this guy got snaps as a true freshman on a very good uh, Oregon Pac-12 title type team during that COVID season um, and and continued getting snaps over the last few years maybe just not as many as as he would have anticipated. And and that can be the same kind of buildup for Jalen Lee uh, coming from the University of Florida, where they kind of had a defense that relied on a little bit more length and speed than kind of the bulk that 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 Jalen brings at three, 300 pounds, six foot three or so. Uh, so I think that's that's a, a situation where the LSU defense utilizing multiple true kind of classic interior types will help with with that assimilation. Uh, So the chip on your shoulder factor will also be there for Lee, who I remember coming out of high school um, was was a guy that, you know, was committed to LSU, a guy that was very familiar with what is expected there in the Bayou, obviously different coaching staff, different situations. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see that homecoming because that was a big theme in last year's transfer portal class. A lot of Louisiana guys or or former commits kind of coming back home. So, So that one will be, uh, fascinating as well but they, but they really hit every level of the defense 
hard in the portal, both from a, a stature standpoint where you're getting guys who have that requisite height and, and physical ability, but also from a volume standpoint where you're going to get some variance between the types of, of big men you brought in. So an Allen isn't going to profile like a Jordan Jefferson, who is another big interior prospect, but you're not going to ask the same things of him. He's a little bit more of a gap filler an occupier to allow those run those linebackers to run free. And then Lee is a little bit more athletic, a guy who can, I think, win at the point of attack and even rush the passer from the interior. So you're going to get a little bit of yin and yang with some of these players. And that's, again, how you build a, a strong defense. And you're not doing it with freshmen. You know, there's a great freshman class coming in, but now you're not expecting those guys to have to contribute just as much. So if there is a Harold Perkins type that just forces his hand, it's it's one out of the group as opposed to the entire group needing to make that transition, which is not as easy as Perkins made it seem. Yeah, I think that if there's another Harold Perkins coming in this class, a lot of LSU fans would be very, very happy. But you mentioned the freshman class. That's what I want to get into coming up next. Who do you think is going to be the most impactful freshman in this class? We'll get into that coming up next. The NFL playoffs are here finally, and we are so excited about our very brand new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance to win a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So we've got championship Sunday this weekend, the NFC championship. The Eagles have been unstoppable all year long. I've loved what I've seen from Brock Purdy and this 49ers team, but give me the Eagles to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. All of that on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. John Garcia Jr., I was asked this question by a Locked on LSU listener. They asked, who do you think is going to be the best player in this 2023 class? And I kind of interpreted that as being maybe who's going to be the most impactful. You know, who's going to be your Harold Perkins, like you mentioned earlier, even your Will Campbells, your really impactful freshman in their first year. I had an idea of who in this class I thought would probably be the most impactful. Wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think the portal has probably changed my answer. If you'd asked me on signing day, I probably would have been more in the uh, Javian Toviano, Zalance Hurd conversation, uh, maybe even a Shelton Sampson. But with Boutte coming back, you know, it doesn't quite feel feel the same way. But I, I think overall, even with those guys, I'm looking at Deshaun Walmack. I, I think when you make this transition again, Harold Perkins made it seem so simple. And so easy to do everything, rush the pass or play off the ball, play in space, play in coverage. You don't have to ask most freshmen to do that many things. Usually it's about what one great trait do you possess and can you own it? Can you situationally be that guy as a true freshman? And when it comes to rushing the passer off the edge with an electric first step, Deshaun Womack provides that at a higher clip than just about any true freshman we'll see on the field in 2023. So you mentioned losing an Ojalary in particular, that type of production or, or threat off the edge 
if there isn't something on that roster that that mimics him today, whenever Womack gets there, I think you're going to have an opportunity to see that. So this will be a, a pass rush by committee, I think, at LSU in 23. But I think Womack ends the season pretty darn high on that committee. And maybe he's the most the primary guy before all is said and done. I think he's that electric. And we saw a big jump from him from junior year to senior year of high school football both from a height and weight standpoint and from a production standpoint. So that's a great sign when you're making that move to college because he has that ability to get better in a very small amount of time. Okay, and that's interesting because I obviously, you know, looking at a five-star recruit, though he's going to be good and what he's going to be able to deliver, at least ideally. But I, I looked at the size. I thought looking at three guys that are coming in, specifically Braden Swinson on the edge. He's a guy who already has a couple of years of college football experience. He has that size. I didn't think that a Deshaun Womack would have that kind of size in him to be able to come in and be that as impactful as an edge rusher. So it's interesting that you mention him as being one that you think will be the most impactful. Yeah, sorry. I was I was in the high school mindset there. Of oh, the yeah, portal yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah, of the portal guys, I'd probably Go Chestnut again. I'm just, I'm just uh, s- selfishly a big fan of of his game, just the natural instincts and ball skills that he brings to the table. He can move him around, all that stuff. But from the high school realm, I think Womack makes the most right. sense. Should have, should have qualified that. Sorry. No, 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 Olga. But I was more so looking at some other guys coming in. Maybe he, a freshman, wouldn't have that spark, that spot carved out for him. I also looked at Javian Toviano, just looking at the need at, at corner. And an, a guy who's coming in, obviously, with a lot of experience and has, you know, very competitive experience in high school is another one as well. But coming up next, not an LSU name, but I think a name that could impact college football as a whole. I want to get John Garcia Jr.'s thoughts on that coming up next. So, Jaden Rashada. Jaden Rashada with a $13 million NIL, NIL deal gone wrong with Florida. You know, we can talk about the nuances of the deal and what went wrong, but I think the most interesting thing is how this will impact NIL NIL deals as a whole moving forward. Your thoughts on on Jaden Rashad on how NIL could be changed just based off of this one deal gone wrong moving forward. Well, I think it's those words you just said, uh, Caroline. It's the deal gone wrong. And does that element cost you the player? And in this case, it didn't look like it would because the deal went bad well before the reports came out, even before early signing day, but they still got Rashada on board. There was a benefit of the doubt extended from the player side to the team side, and it still wasn't met weeks and weeks later when it was time to enroll. So it's that part. Does does the, the make or break of the deal cost you the player, or does it just cost, cost you some contention early in, in his collegiate tenure? And I think this is the – this is the peril, right? This is the promised and honestly signed, not just verbally promised, written out and signed element of NIL that makes this thing both tricky and slippery at the same time. Because we know this quarterback market at every level is higher today than it's ever been, right? You can identify a high school quarterback and say, this guy's going to have to deal with so much non-football stuff because he's a very good high school quarterback. So that market is only increasing and now it's increasing at a younger and younger age. So on one end, how much do you even participate in that part of the discussion as a high profile recruit? It probably depends on you and your family and your circumstance, but on the other side of it, how much will schools now pivot 
off of these early agreements. Um, it, it's not something that is going to be wiped out all in one move. It's certainly not unavoidable. The, these deals are what they are. They're enticements. They're not supposed to be a part of NIL and recruiting, but you knew the moment this was green lit, this was kind of the end game. At what point does a kid look like he's holding out? It didn't appear to be the case with Rashada as, as we learn more of the situation, but that's how it was presented, a high school holdout, something that probably none of us have said in, in our lives, and now that's something that's going to be almost the fear as these these big dominoes in recruiting navigate uh, in, in cycles to come. So for me, does it change how collectives deal with the kids in terms of the verbiage and in terms of how early these things can get signed, right? You're supposed to wait until the kid arrives on campus unless they're from a state where it allows it sooner. Jaden Rashad is from California. NIL is, is greenlit there, just like it is in, in Louisiana and some other places. So how early can these deals really be put in place? Because they're not supposed to be contingent on where you go to school. Uh, you're supposed to be enrolled and all that stuff. So there's so many details that I think folks will need to be clear about. And I think from the school's perspective, they're going to lose, just like Florida is is, is happening in between our, right, right before our eyes, you're going to lose that benefit of the doubt. And now Florida is going to have to deal with, and other schools will, will have to deal with it as well, they're going to have to deal with, hey, you, you write checks that you can't cash uh, at the end of the day. It's just like when you get accused of negatively recruiting or you get accused of lying on the recruiting trail. This can have the same perceptional damage to where you don't consider the school in the same light that you might have six months ago. And that, that Gator logo, that SEC logo might not hit the same to recruit X as it did previously. So that's the danger of something like this falling through. And then on the other side, now Jaden Rashad has got this attached to his name as well as he navigates the rest of the process. So I just think it's going to be the first big lesson in control and clarity. You, you need to know what you're dealing with, and it has to be very clear. No benefit of the doubt. No, we'll see what it happens or what it looks like later. Clarity on all fronts. So if you're looking for that NIL deal from the recruiting perspective, make sure you have it in writing and make sure every party knows what it's signing because that was an issue in this case. Or on the flip side, if you're a collective, don't put out an agreement or even come close to some numbers that you know are unattainable or the, that you know you don't have right now. Um, it, it's kind of an old school lesson in, in just dealing with finance. Uh, so I think all of those lessons are popping up, but it's so frantic and fluid that everybody is theoretically writing checks that they can't cash because it is a, a rat race and an intense pivot for everyone to deal with recruiting simultaneously in high school and the portal and your current roster and multiple recruiting classes all at the same time. But that's, that's where we're at right now until the NCAA makes its move and nobody expects them to do anything in short order. And, and what can they do? And I, I looked at the Supreme Court ruling a couple summers ago of there's no cap. There's very little guidance that can be put on NIL. But I always figured there's going to come a day. And I thought it would come years and years down the line where the market is forced to correct itself, where there's an, you know $10 million quarterback who doesn't come to fruition. And then there might be some deals or some schools or collectives that are kind of apprehensive about giving out those deals because they wouldn't pay dividends. Now, here we are using a term that we never thought would ever 
come to fruition of high school holdout was Jaden Rashada. And it's probably deterring other schools or maybe not. Maybe it isn't, but it's a competitive market. And sometimes you jump the gun just a little bit too soon. Yeah, unfortunately for both parties, this is going to come up again yeah. very frequently as this next recruiting class. And even some of these portal players that are, are available or are going to jump in that, that portal window this spring, they're going to have to deal with it in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, this is definitely one of those um, timeline marker moments that folks mm-hmm. are going to remember. And, and yeah, um, recruiting, it's gossip, right? People talk, and, and this is not going to go away anytime soon for, for either party. So, We'll see how much it really does impact Florida going forward. John Garcia Jr. Appreciate you for joining the show. Where can the people find your work? Yeah. SI.com slash college for the written content and obviously podcasting here on the locked on network uh, and much more at John Garcia underscore Jr. on social media. That's where you can find me. Great. Appreciate you. Keep up the great work. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for making Locked on LSU your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything that you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.